Well, you know that it's going to be alright I think it's gonna be alright Everything will always be alright When we go shopping Well, you know that it's going to be alright When we go shopping It's always Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan with my mom, Harmony. You look like a picnic mom, even if it's not a good day for one. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Your red and white check. Oh. And of course, matching glasses. Well, we could hope that it would be weather for a picnic, but I don't think it ever will be. No, but you indoor, know. Indoor picnic. Right. And instead, we can go buy hoodies to sit on the couch. Um, I'm going to throw out a steal and deal right away to start things off. How about flipping things on their head? Wow. Because I want everybody to have time. If you're listening live, you should know that today, is the final day of the soda clothing warehouse sale at their um, St. Louis Park That's, store. You know what? That's so funny because your father last night had on his soda clothing um, hoodie. He's such a That's hipster. So, and I said, you haven't worn that in so long. He said, well, it's spring. Uh, <laughs> I said it is. <laughs> noticed, the calendar but, says so. Anyway, yeah. it's only, it's okay, it's 11.03 right now. The sale goes until 2 p.m., and there, if you haven't been, it's at 6518 Walker Street. It's like right off of yeah. Highway 7, kind of hidden back there. But it's an adorable store, and I've seen they've got just huge bins of stuff that is yeah, all marked out. Yeah, I've been out. to their sales. They're great. Yeah, so that's going on today. We'll have more sales later in the show. We have so much going on today. We are going to talk NFTs, and I don't just mean in the tech report. No. We're going to talk to someone who might know, I mean, maybe possibly just a couple more I things. I so. I still find it confusing. Um, we're going to talk about a new vintage store. We're going to talk about the future of online shopping. And, of course, there is some local retail news. Yeah. Where do you want to start? So I want to start with Dugo. You know, okay. Dugo is one of those stores that it used to be at the Galleria mm-hmm. and is now in Nolan, Maine on 50th and France. Yep. And we tend to send a lot of people there. Because we do, for they, the mother of the bride. Absolutely. Um, one of the few places still doing special occasion yeah, in terms of boutiques. I had not been there. What? Soon. Well, you know, there's been a pandemic. Maybe you've heard. Yes. And finally this week, I first of all, I was at lunch at the Lynn Hall, which was mm, quite delightful. Lovely. And then we walked over to Dugo. Mm-hmm. And Nancy, who owns it, was there. And it was great to see her and all. And... She told me that they are moving one store down. Oh. There is a space right next to them, um, closer to the corner, closer to the post office, that is about 300 feet larger. Okay. And she said they really need... They need need the space. It is a small space that she has. They really need more space. Mm -hmm. And I said, so you're really staying then? And she said, oh, yes, we are. Great. And so they're hoping that by July... It'll be done. They have to get it all set up for them. But yeah. so they are going to be moving well, just one store down. If you recall, I mean, she got that space very on very short notice. Right. And it really was to the credit of the developers of Nolan Mains, yeah. who've been so savvy and smart about bringing things in there and being um, creative in the lease terms. And when when Dugo was not able to re-sign at the Galleria because the Galleria wanted like a 10-year right. commitment yeah. and it was just too expensive, Nolan Maines was like, we got space for you. Yep. Come on over. Six yep. months, 
a year or whatever you want. And so So, they just did it quickly. um, My friend bought a dress. Oh. It didn't take her long. Uh Uh-huh. And another lady came in and bought a pair of pants that I would have loved, but man, were they expensive. (laughs) Yeah. um, And so I think, you know, she's doing very well. Here was the interesting thing, though. And I don't know, maybe you are aware of this, but because I haven't really been out there, I didn't know. They were open. We didn't notice other stores open on the street. Mm -hmm. And I said to Nancy, what is going on? It's Monday. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, she said, all of the stores are closed on Monday, except for us. She Mm. said, we find that they're closed on Sundays, the other stores. But she said, we find our customers would rather come in on Monday. Dugo is closed on Sunday, you mean? No. Yes. Excuse me. Do okay. yes, but all but the, the other, other stores, stores are closed are on closed Monday. Up. Now I do not understand that. Mm. I wanted to go into Senti. Oh yeah. Moron. Yeah. They were closed. Yeah. Every store is closed. I don't understand how on a busy shop in a busy shopping area like that, mm-hmm. it still seems to me if you were going to be closed one day, it still seems like Sunday would be the day. I think people go out to go shopping on Monday. They're going... And I think people would be more likely to go out on a Sunday. Do you really? Well, I mean, people who work. Well, I just find in that area where all the other stores are open on 50th in France, Yeah, I find it very strange that all of those stores... Are closed. I, Look, just, I think there's a long history of, you know, salons being closed on Mondays and salons, salons and spas. Sure, because they're open on the weekend. They're busy. And then Monday is often a day when things are closed. I know restaurants are a lot. A lot of times, I think there's I a lot of salons. businesses. Yes, for sure. Okay. And I, I mean, I think, yeah, it'd be great if they were open seven days a week. But the times have changed. I understand that. I think I just, the only thing I would say, especially in an area like that, it would be nice if everyone could be consistent and if they, you know, if they posted it so that you really right i mean but i think a lot of places you find that hours are just shorter now well yeah shorter i understand but i mean it was really disappointing to be up there finally and literally dugo was dugo and the new fairbo oh store they were the only two that were open in that area well monday's not the day so I'm um, just saying. I think I would like to see, and I think they're open late on Thursdays. I think that's the day that a lot of them stay open later. I just on, feel like, especially, Mains? yeah, especially oh. in the summer. I mean, that is that Nolan Mains area at 50th is such a great spot to go to dinner and then have ice cream and sit out on right. the plaza. It'd be nice to have the stores open late. And I think they are one day a week, but that, that would be my it request. It was cold and windy, and so I didn't check yeah. all the stores, you know, the the uh, information on the doors to see the actual hours. Um, if you're heading there this weekend, though, to check out Dugor and the other stores, um, Stock and Spade is now open. Yes. The plant-based burger chain. Yeah. Um, same owner as Crispin Green, still Smiley. So it's the it's the second location. They've got their original in Wyzetta, and now the second one is open at 50th and France. It just opened yesterday. Yeah, where I'm trying to remember. They were, where, get, were, wait, where, were you up there yesterday because they were no. doing free lunch? Oh, no, I wasn't. I was curious how long the line was. Oh, yeah. where is it? on 50, I can't remember where it's they were right going across, It's on 50th, like on the main right. drag, right across from where Crispin Green is. Right across the street. It's so like what used to be Banana Republic okay, and Cooks of Crocus right. Hill. Yeah, got Speaking it. of... Some um, surprising news from Cooks of Crocus Hill this week. Yes, there was surprising news from um, the the Stillwater store. Yeah, which which, they've had a long time. Yes, it 
suddenly closed. I mean, it no was, warning. It no, was no, no closing it sale. Was, it was not. No, no, no. And, and they say they will be opening again. It. Uh, they just abruptly closed last week. There was not um, a going out of business uh, sale or anything like that. And they said that they couldn't come to terms with the building owner wow. regarding their lease, but they are looking for another location in the St. Croix River Valley area. And, huh. and so for right now, they've put their inventory in storage and they you know, certainly hope to be back soon. They, wow, I wonder if their landlord has other plans because that's a big loss. I mean, that's a good, reliable tenant. You'd think they would want to... Well, yeah, it seems to Adjust me that you would to keep think them. That they, yeah. yeah, but anyway, so if you're looking for it in Stillwater, you're not going to find it right not now. Not right now, but, but hopefully other, back soon. Um, big local news is um, Michael Druskin's store. Uh, J- Jackson Gray. I started to say Jason, and I knew that wasn't right. Jackson Gray, it, they are expanding, and they are going to be opening um, at where Love Your Melon was downtown. Yep, right on the corner at Washington. 226 North Washington Avenue. And this summer, they're going to open there. They've been in Donolo. Right. So it's and, just, just half a block down. Right. And it's going to expand, though, and have um, custom fixtures, he says, and lounge seating and more fitting rooms. And they'll also have more space. And the other thing they're doing, their store in Galleria, which is very successful, but it's also small. I did not know that Fawbush's is going to be moving to the former space of Bachman's mm-hmm. and uh, Jackson Gray will be moving to the Fawbush space. Yeah. So um, it's about a thousand feet larger. Now the real question is, and I love and adore Michael Druskin, can he resist the urge to fill every square inch with right. stuff? I yeah. have to say, especially the Love Your Melon space. I mean, you know, that was Shinola right. and then it was Love Your Melon and it's a beautiful space i mean you've got it's the corner you've got bright windows and it's it they made that space totally white yep and it's big tall ceilings and it it is just the kind of it it's meant to be open and i just hope that michael can resist the urge to fill every inch because i mean he's so good and the merchandise is so great yes but sometimes less is more let's give him credit he did say he's not looking to add more product but instead, he wants to create a dedicated space for the JG customer to shop and discover products on their own. And I will say, if you are looking for men's clothing that has a real kind of modern take, and what, what I would say is there are things there that my husband likes. There are also things that my grandson likes. Yes. I have been very successful yeah. buying my 17-year-old well, grandson I think it just there. speaks to the fact that there's just not, there aren't that many choices. There's not that many places to go boutique shopping, especially for men, frankly. I mean, we could use a few more for women, too. But yeah. I think, you know, yes, you have Martin Patrick 3 across the street, but that's a different... Oh, that's a whole that's different, a whole different yeah. price point. Yes. And, and I think Michael's been really smart about... It's not cheap by any means, but it, no. but it does... He stays within a range Absolutely. of like, okay, I, I could spend that yeah. on a shirt. Yes, I, I think so, too. And brands that you won't find um, no, other got, places in town. Um, uh, Marine Layer there and Taylor Stitch and the normal brand and, and several others. So anyway, I you know, that's something to uh, look forward to towards summer. Yeah, good stuff. So, yeah. All right. When we get back, we're going to give you a quick primer on NFTs, what you need to know and how it intersects with art and fashion. That's next on Shop Girls.
Welcome back. You're listening to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan with my mom, Harmony. Thank you for tuning in. Well, you've, I mean, of course, you've heard the tech report and you know that NFTs are a big deal and they're, they're infiltrating every space imaginable from music to art and so on. But it's still a little confusing. It's still a little hard to wrap your head around. And why do you want to get in on it? Well, I am, we are bringing on uh, a true expert, Kelly Roller, who has just immersed herself in the culture and is working on it. And what I love about it is it all relates to women and arts, and she's bringing it all together, and she's going to help us make sense of it. Hi, Kelly. Good morning, Allie and Harmony. Can you hear me? We sure can. Kelly. Good morning. No pressure, but we need you to explain the whole thing, and can you do it in five minutes? (laughs) I, I, I will do my best. Okay, absolutely. Go. Well, so start oh, okay, with this, so Kelly. What? And I mean, we should just tell everyone. I mean, you are a person with great expertise in, in marketing. You've worked for big companies. You're an entrepreneur. You've worked in the fashion world. You're such a supporter of women entrepreneurs. What got you interested in NFTs and where did you start? You bet. So, um, okay, so just by way, very quick on the history. So when I was at Best Buy back in 2006, 2007, I was a part of this early adopter crew on the inside because we were seeing these things show up called Facebook and Twitter. And, <laughs> you know, and we had people, you know, in, you know, executives at the company saying, well, do we take this seriously? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and we're like, um, no, we do take this seriously. And look at where those platforms are today in terms of how we live our lives. Right. So I think what's happening right now with this idea of Web3, which is really decentralized virtual world experiences, mm-hmm. is we're going through the same adoption curve where we're like, well, do we take this seriously? What have you? So I, what I do is I'm playing in this space by way of Alice Riot, which is our startup company. And you, you've been gracious and had us in the past. Yeah. You know, we started off as an apparel manufacturer and retailer, mm-hmm. but that's not why we started Alice Riot. We started Alice Riot because we wanted to help more women invest in women artists. Yeah. And we finally, I think, after you know trying it out and doing our very best, we have such a huge respect for the makers and the people who work in fashion and apparel. And like I was at an event for Fashion Week this week and just blown away by that skill. That's not where we play well mm-hmm. <laughs> ourselves. It's tough. We are advocates. You know, we, we're advocates for the, the artists whom we represent. And what we're trying to do is help them find ways to grow beyond traditional art world channels because the traditional art world has not been equitable for women, for artists of color. And so we, you know, we did the pivot with Alice Riot and now we, what we do is we do art licensing and Web3 integration consulting. Wow. And the reason that we're doing the Web3 piece with NFTs is you know, and, and, and right now that world is being largely defined by, I would call the very smart geeks who built out crypto and built out this, this Web3 framework. They're defining a virtual world, art world that we don't necessarily like or <laughs> agree with. Uh-huh. And so we're focused right now on how do we guide artists? How do we guide people who are in the in real life, the IRL art world into the metaverse, into Web3, so we can start to define what it means in that space. And we have to do that because if we're doing art licensing, so if I'm representing one of our artists and we pitch her to a consumer brand for licensing her artwork on products, you know, experiences, what have you, increasingly those brands are saying, what about Web3? Mm. Can we do an NFT drop with her artwork? You know, so we have to think about how rapidly this landscape is changing because people are looking for art experiences outside of 
the galleries, the auction houses, the museums. We have huge respect for all of them, and we want to bring them along too. But we're, again, our goal is, is to help, literally help her make money. We yeah. want women artists to grow. And so we have to pay attention to what's happening with Web3 and NFTs while we're also looking at the, at the, you know, the physical world. So we're really all about how do we bridge in real life and, and meta. Okay, so, that makes so, sense. Kelly, I'm, I hope there's no tests, though. Um, <laughs> Kelly, so first of all, we should say NFT, for anybody who doesn't know, stands for non-fungible token. Um, That's right. And you're going to have your first ever sale on May 3rd. But we are. E- explain we- what that entails and cryptocurrency and the whole business. You, well, okay. So, yeah, an NFT is a non-fungible token. It's, it's just an, 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 it's a unit of data stored on the blockchain. And, you know, and, and, and essentially it's got an, a value built into it, right? From, an, from a fine art standpoint, this is how Alice Riot defines what the NFT is. It's a digital certificate of authenticity that we believe is tied to an original work of art somewhere. So, you know, in the future, you may buy a painting for your wall and then someone's transferring you an NFT that is the certificate of, of authenticity. That specifically spells out the rules of what you can and cannot do with that work of art including when you go to sell it on the secondary market, let's say you take it to Sotheby's for auction, there's something in that NFT that says, yeah, the artist is going to get a, a royalty on that sale. That doesn't exist today, largely in the fine art world. That's right. the promise of this. The other thing is that we see the NFT as a digital limited edition print. So in the case of what we're doing with Table, and, and I'll, I'll speak quickly to what Art Table is. Art Table is the world's foremost organization. It's a professional association for women leaders in the fine art world. Mm-hmm. So these are the women who work in galleries. They work in the museums. They work at the auction houses. And we are doing this. This is one of our charitable actions, if you will, to help Art Table bring its members into the metaverse. So we're doing this NFT drop as a way to get more people into Web3 we're using the NFT as the gateway. We're calling it the MENA NFT because it is 100 NFTs, which are 100 numbered digital limited edition prints of an original painting called MENA. And that was done by Kate Iverson, who's an artist here in Minneapolis, and she's my Alice Riot co-founder. What Kate has done is completely waived her rights to that artwork from a digital NFT standpoint. And the way that Table will get paid is that the NFT will sell for $50, and, you know, and, and then um, there's a royalty that's permanently built into it. So the utility, when people talk about the utility of an NFT, they're essentially saying, what's in it for me as the owner? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the utility is there's a piece of jewelry tied to it. I encourage you to look at MetaGolden, for instance. It's absolutely phenomenal where it's digital NFTs with jewelry, yep. like gold jewelry built in. But in this case, we want the utility to be every time this NFT sells and resells, there's a, a royalty that goes to Art Table and that helps with their programming. Mm. To, I get that. And that makes a lot of sense. Of Here, here's the part that I think is still difficult to wrap your head around. When you're talking about a digital print, why do people want yeah. them? How you do know, you people are them? spending all this money on all kinds of art that literally they just uh, have on their phone or computer. Well, and honestly, I think some of the things I see out there, and I was just out this morning on a Twitter Spaces chat, 
and looking at what's out there in terms of NFT art. And, you know, again, we're having an art world, a virtual art world that's being defined by people who don't come from the art world. Oh, yeah. I I would agree with you. I think there's a lot of crap out there. (laughs) And, and, And it's not art. That's, that's where we get excited, though. So, again, if we go back to you have a woman artist, let's say Precious Wallace, and she's one of the artists that we represent. She's doing incredible things in, in the real art world. She's doing murals. She's doing um, digital pieces. She's, she's creating incredible things. We want her to step into Web3 while she's doing things in the physical art world, and we want her to get recognized for that work. That's the big work we have to do here, which is we need more people from the in real life, the IRL art world, to get into the virtual art world and help define what the rules are. Because, because again, right now it's getting like bored ape. I'm sorry. There's something that's like borderline racist about all of that. And, <laughs> and it's not, it's not art. It's being built by, I mean, it's backed by, you know, it's backed by Andreessen Horowitz, which is a VC firm out of Silicon Valley. Right. So, there, there is so there is this this gap between, you know, what is what is art and what is not art in the Web three space, mm-hmm. and that's why you're going to see us like with this Nina NFT. We're calling it a, a digital limited edition print because we know and we can authenticate it's tied to an original work of art. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, right that's, now, it's... that's the value we got to build out. Right. So it's a, it's a good way to, to get in early, to feel it out, to get your, you got to get your crypto wallet set up, right? So that you can participate. Yeah. And this is, and this is also where it, there's this, like, some people in the tech world are calling it like web 2.5. Right. Because, you know, web we'll, 2 is, We'll you know, post a link, Kelly. I'm so sorry. We have to now. go. You're so awesome to explain it. Good luck. Oh. We'll post a link so people can get more details. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you, Kelly. We'll be back with more Shop Girls right after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. I'm Allie Kaplan with my mom, Harmony. Well, we've just gotten you up to date on Web 3.0. Now let's take it back to the real world and go shopping in an actual physical space where you can use your dollars and you don't have to have cryptocurrency. Although, I don't know, maybe Rebecca will welcome that. Maybe. I want you all to meet Rebecca Sansone of The Mustache Cat. She's been listening to our show for a long time, and so I'm so excited to finally have her on and hear about her new store in St. Paul. Hi, Rebecca. Hey, how are you? We are so good. Welcome to the show, and congrats on your new store. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've always wanted to say long-time listener, first-time caller, so it's really exciting to feel official today. Well, Well, there you did it. We're we're glad to hear it. I want to know what the mustache cat is. Why is the store called the mustache cat? Tell us a little about it. So the mustache cat is named after a couple of very special uh, cat buddies in my life. I had a cat who had a little pockmark over his uh, mouth that I called the mustache cat, and then uh, I got my current cat, Bernie, who is actually comes to the shop on a regular basis. Okay. Um, and he's got a pretty swoopy, ridiculous mustache. And so catchy name hopefully draws you into the shop um, and just a little bit of quirk, which is I love it. very similar to the products we have in our space. It's very memorable. So, t- so you're doing vintage. What do you specialize in? What do you, what do you love? Yeah, so we've got a mix of vintage and modern products in the shop, which I think is really what makes us uh, different and stand out. Um, a lot of home decor. Um, so we specialize in kind of what you'd put on your coffee table or your mantle or your bar uh, and what you'd entertain with. So a lot of um, what folks consider small. Um, 
And then we complement that with modern products from women makers and women-owned businesses. Oh, I love that. Um, so, so it's all ahead. home goods, right? All home goods, yep. Okay, okay. And have you been, I mean, what's your background before opening the store? Have you always been a collector? Yeah, so I've always loved old things. I was actually a history major in college, and I, I love to mix vintage and modern in my own home. I think it's how we live. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to feel like you're walking into a, you know, a thousand-year-old building or a museum when you've got cool old stuff. You can bring it to life and partner it with uh, very modern and useful and practical products uh, right. in your life. Yeah. But prior to owning a business, I uh, had a corporate career. So okay. most recently I was with Wayfair, so home goods in just a little bit of a different capacity for sure. Uh, but it's always been a dream to own my own business, have my own space, and to bring to life kind of this vision and, you know, to be able to support local women uh, and general women uh, entrepreneurs and businesses is kind of the icing on the cake for me. Absolutely. Everybody has to follow you on Instagram because they're great um photos of the shop thank it's you at, thank you the mustache cat is that correct yeah the mustache cat dot home okay. is our instagram page you can find us at the mustache cat on facebook or the mustache cat yeah so that com. they can and get an idea since we know that our listeners in the car are like where do we go how do we get there the address <laughs> yes. is 500 lexington parkway south in st paul you got it. Right by Trader Joe's. We actually oh. share the parking lot with our good friends at Trader Joe's. What could be better that than is that? A, that's a very good adjacency, I would say, Rebecca. I agree. <laughs> they are our people. Yes. Um, I love your latest reel on Instagram um, where you're playing cute or creepy with vintage. <laughs> that is, there is a fine line often in the vintage space. So help us understand, how do you uh, distinguish between things that are really cute and fun to add and maybe a little creepy? Um, okay. So to me, when I'm shopping vintage, it's all about finding pieces that speak to me and that jump out in a way that says, you know, I've got to take you home. I'm not necessarily sure where you're going to live in my space, but you have to come home with me. And they're to your point, is a very fine line oftentimes between cute and creepy, and I go back and forth myself um, on items. Give us um, examples. So to me, it's finding those people that, finding those pieces that absolutely speak speak to you, um, and when you do that, it'll come together with whatever else you have in your space. Do you feel like more people are looking for practical things like like vintage barware? And we get that question a lot. And I think that makes such a great gift, you know, yeah. to pair, to do like a great bottle of something and then like some cool vintage, you know, really memorable glasses with it. Do you, are people looking for practical things or are they just looking for like weird gnomes and squirrels and vintage things? <laughs> a mix. We've got folks that come in looking for the practical. And when I think about pieces that I uh, am willing to invest in for my home, to me, it's those pieces that you use on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, And barware is a perfect example or serveware or entertaining pieces. They just don't make it like they used to. The thick, heavy glass is so much more durable. uh, And it's just more comfortable for me to, to use and have my friends and family use when they come over and enjoy it. And it just is a beautiful statement piece. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you may come in for barware and leave with a, you know, goofy smiling turtle that you just can't. <laughs> it just without. speaks to you. <laughs> you can't resist. Yeah. Um, 
also, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about the um, the idea that you can return vintage products for store credit. I explain that. Yeah, so we offer a swap program at the shop. So anything you've purchased that's vintage, um, you can bring back within a year of purchasing it for a percent of what you paid for in store credit. Depending oh. on how long you've had it is what makes that percentage vary. Uh-huh. But the idea is you don't have to be married to the decor that you put in your home. So live with something uh, on your coffee table or your mantle for a little while when it served you and lived its life with your space. Bring it back. We'll find it a cool new home, and we'll give you some money to find a new piece for your space. Oh, I it love is that. How I have always wanted to shop vintage um, and was inspired, actually, by my mom, who has closets full of decor in her space with not a lot to do with it. So I think there's so many ways to give cool old pieces a new light, um, and so that's what we're all about. I love it. That's a great idea, and it makes it it makes it feel a little more approachable to to buy, especially if you're new to the vintage game. Now, I'm going to ask you the questions that Minnesotans always want to know when they walk into a new store, but they're too afraid to ask. Okay, are you ready, Rebecca? I'm ready. When it's vintage, people sometimes wonder: Can you negotiate? Is there oh. room there to negotiate on price, wow. or is that a total no no? That would never dawn on me. Yeah. Oh. Okay. You. I, what I would say is it absolutely never hurts to ask, especially if you do it nicely and kindly, which <laughs> I think most Minnesotans do. Um, in retail spaces, uh, especially when you've got a mix of vintage and modern, it may be difficult yeah. to um, to be able to haggle or to drop the price. Um, we work really hard at the Mustache Cat to make our pricing approachable. Um, so I'm so happy you used that word and honored you used that word. Um, I want vintage to feel like it can be a part of anyone's life, regardless of your, you know, your background or your style or your age or your income and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Um, but the, the real answer here is never hurts to ask. Okay. Well, as long oh, as you do it nicely, you can ask. Never would have dawned on me to think to ask. <laughs> well, you know. Um, and you and it's all in person. You've got a cute website, but you're not selling online. You got to come into the store to shop. Correct. Uh, that's a good idea. <laughs> are you finding you know, that people are happy to be back in person? Yes, it's been. Um, I think we opened at a pretty magical time when people are ready to be out and seeing and touching and feeling things and also supporting small businesses right. uh, within the community. So I live in the community here in St. Paul. It's an honor to have a shop here. And I think folks are, are pretty excited to, to support the small business community and to be back seeing, touching, feeling. I think the home space, I mean, it's a little ironic coming from, uh, you know, a very big online retailer of home goods to yeah, be saying this, sure. but I think there's so much to uh, seeing, touching, feeling, getting to play around with the way different pieces might look in your home uh, that just, you know, happens so much more beautifully in a shop. Right. Setting. I love it. It's a complete 180. It makes perfect sense yeah. to me. What are what are your hours? So I'm at the shop Wednesday through Sunday, Wednesday 11, or Wednesday through Friday, excuse me, 11 to 6. Um, and those are the days that you'll catch Bernie, the mustache cat at the shop, Ooh, most okay. often. Uh, Saturdays, we're there 10 to 5, Sundays 12 to 4. Well, it's a perfect day to go shopping. It it's is. rainy. You're not going to be outside. Everybody should go over and check out the mustache cat in St. Paul on Lexington. Rebecca, thanks so much for being a listener of the show, and it's so fun to have you on. 
Thank you both. It was such a pleasure. I really appreciate it and love love the show. Well, Thank follow you. along the mustachecat.home online and, and check it out and give them a little love. Good luck, Rebecca. I hope everything goes really well. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. All right. We will be back in a minute with Whose Look Is It Anyway? Welcome back. You're listening to Shop Girls on My Talk 1071. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allie with my mom, Harmony. Well, we've got a lot to discuss. Green pants, suits, the grandma look, coastal grandma look, and what we're doing with those crazy baggy jeans. That's right. It's time for Whose Look Is It Anyway? Give me she's wearing that outfit. It's time for the shop girls to ask. Can I ask you something? Whose look is it anyway? with the coastal grandma. Let's do it. Are because, you a coastal grandma, Mom? Well, here's the thing. You don't have to be a grandmother oh. to have this look. Really? That, you know, that's the whole thing. Because so many women want to be called a grandma when they're not. Well, apparently it has nothing to do with that. Okay, what is uh, it? This became a major thing on TikTok. There's a girl who's not a grandma whose name is Lex Nicoletta. And she started these TikToks and called this look, which is really like preppy, chic kind okay. of look. And she gave it the name, the Coastal Grandmother, and said, you don't have to be a grandmother to have this look. The vibe that she thinks of, and I know immediately because they're movies that I loved, um, movies that Diane Keaton has been in, um, Something's Got to Give, the movie Under the Tuscan Sun. Do you remember that one? Mm -hmm. It's complicated. That was Meryl Streep. Okay, basically, she's just trying to emulate Diane Keaton. That's what this is. Yes, if she could be Diane Keaton, she would be very happy. I am looking at her. I hope she's got a backup plan because Lex might be doing well right now. She has 109,000 TikTok followers. Oh, I think she has more than that. She has 2.5 million likes, but she has 109,000 followers. Okay. She literally, her bio says the coastal grandmother, and it looks like she has trademarked it. But what, but everything is just a picture of well, her. Well, no, well, I mean, you know, she likes the way she looks like it. Well, she shows like the kind of like and you she's young and blonde, and she's definitely not a grandmother. Be at, at the, well, if she is, so then I don't <laughs> that's know. a real problem, right? But I, the whole idea, like she says, you, you picture Diane Keaton strolling on the beach in a bucket hat sure. and trousers or Meryl Streep gardening in a light blue button down. She also thinks people like Oprah and Reese Witherspoon are real life coastal grandmothers, the way they dress and the okay. kind of life that they live. Huh. Um, I, it's almost like it's the term that everybody's talking totally. about as opposed it's to anything else. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, they they show you bucket hats of all kinds or crocheted hats, ribbon, uh, uh, ribbon sweaters. So my guess is looking at this young woman with her hats on the beach, she is she's gunning for some kind of collection. She wants brand partnerships. Oh, she wants be. a collection. She wants a website called the Coastal Grandmother. That's where she's taking. It's this. a great name. It just doesn't make any sense. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's a great name. So you too can be a coastal grandmother at any age. Okay, good so, to know. If that's the look that you like. So next time you just don a, a cardigan or a or khakis and yeah, a jean you jacket, put your bucket hat just on, know, and you say, "Aha, you're I'm a coastal, coastal grandmother." grandmother. <laughs> okay, good. So anyway, good I guess know. it's a good look for the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on a completely different look, uh, Jenna Dewan was wearing, she's just the latest. You know, we've seen a lot of like the bright orange um, neon suits. Lily Collins was seen in, in that, Blake Lively. But Jenna Dewan was in highlighter green. Well, I, I kind of like loved it. it. It's fun. It is. It's a, basically a pantsuit, a, a little bit of a wider leg pant. Of course, she had nothing under the jacket. Yeah, she. You know, it's, it's buttoned, but a lot of cleavage there. Mm-hmm. But I think that it is a great look in the real world. Non celebrity, non model. How often have you seen a woman wear a a blazer without something under it. I would make that zero. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm just mean, trying to think if you, when you ever encounter, I'm trying to think even like at special events, I just think this is one of those things where celebrities, they're not like us. Oh, they're not. No, <laughs> they're not. Well, like, tell me, who is your stylist? You know, I mean, do you, you have one? No, of course not. But well, they do. some people do. But no, but I'm just well, saying, I mean, no, and you've got to look like her and have the height. But I think part of what makes this is, first of all, her dark hair kind Contrasting with that bright green and the fact that it's all it's just one monochromatic um, statement. She doesn't have any jewelry on. Well, she has earrings, nothing on her, you know, nothing. Metallic silver um, platform pumps is what she was wearing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the color is just great. But there is a lot of this monochromatic look in the bright neon colors and I'm all for it. I I agree and I think the idea is go all in and do it as one monochromatic statement as opposed to doing a neon and then pairing it with black. I think this looks so much fresher and and cooler. Oh, I do too. I think it's absolutely the best. Okay, then we are in agreeance. Yes, we are. We're in agreeance? (laughs) I think that's a Stephen Colbert term. Oh, okay. That could be. There's no controversy either. No, no. Okay. Um, Gingham? You love a gingham. Well, I like gingham. Mm -hmm. I think it's fresh for, for spring and summer, if you ever have spring and summer. Yeah. But there seem to be a lot of gingham pieces out there. They're showing a whole lot of this look. Um, in T-length dresses, in blouses, in in every um, iteration, it seems to be a little bit more of a of a downtown look, according to Vogue. Downtown and, and look. You can do more bold colors. They they showed um, a great gingham in a, a blue, a bright blue and white blazer. Mm-hmm. That so, looked really good. So if I can interpret, what yeah. Vogue is telling me is, if I want to take it downtown, I have to make it ironic. You've got to be able to pull off wearing the gingham ironically. Okay. It's got to be a little bit oversized. Yeah. It's got to be a little bit um, sportier, more sporty than sweet. Uh-huh. And bold colors that break away from traditional. Yeah. And just, then, you, then you can go downtown. Otherwise, do not other, go downtown. Oh, do not go downtown. Only go to the coast with that the grandmas. Be, that would be a big mistake. <laughs> right. If you did that. Um, I Then we have the Balenciaga slashed baggy jeans. Um, this was on Nordstrom. It is from Nordstrom. Yeah. And they are... A little over $1,800. Yeah. That might stop okay. me right there. This is like, I feel like Nordstrom does one of these per season and they laugh their way to the bank. They, I mean, they've done this with other things where it's just the most preposterous item with the most absurd price and they get tons of publicity out of it. Yeah. And I feel like that's what these are. Well, that 
probably is true. But I mean, you know, we talk about the baggy jeans and, you know, that whole look, but they've taken it. They they are completely shredded in different areas on the side. On the side. Yes. And with camouflage lining. Yeah. Under it. So you're not seeing skin. So picture, if you will, you're, normally you're, you're used to having like your holy distressed jeans. It's over the knees and it's in front. Instead, Balenciaga twisted it and put the put the shredding on the sides. They ripped them up. They're oversized. They're baggy. They're high waisted. Not a lot of people can pull these off. You got to have like or a, have the money to pull it off. And, and then they're charging eighteen hundred and fifty dollars for Balenciaga them. has done that with a lot of things. It seems to me. Mm-hmm. I, aren't they? Wait, did they do the um, Croc heels? I think, oh, they, I think did, they did, you know, yeah. that were yeah. ridiculous mm-hmm. and also ridiculously expensive. I mean, the thing is, there's nothing cute about these or fashionable or anything. I mean, a young girl wearing like a cropped top and, you know, some platform sneakers or, or heels. Yeah, you could get away with it. Do do you need to do that for well, $1,800? No. And actually... Go feed the, the homeless. Um, Bergdorf Goodman, who also is selling them, showed them with like a... A pointed toe pump. Really? Which I thought looked absolutely ridiculous. The model had on a Balenciaga, just a white t-shirt that said Balenciaga on it, of course. Mm -hmm. And then this high heel pump. Hmm. And I, I... well, I will say that on Nordstrom.com, they have zero reviews for the, for these <laughs> Gee, jeans. That's kind of shocking. But yeah, maybe but there's you, someone out there for but these. But if you bought them at Nordstrom, you'd get a lot of um, those Norby, what are they called? The the gifts, um, gift yeah, cards like your they gift you. cards. You get your that, little percentage. Uh-huh. So boy, you'd get a lot. Oh, well, there you go. Then it's totally worthwhile. Well, then could you return them? <laughs> don't think it works that way. I don't way. think it works that way either, okay. but I, I don't think that I'm I'm in the market for them. So okay. it's okay. All right. Well, good to know. Um, do you want to um, talk about Amal Clooney? Oh, well, she suddenly is out again. I feel like we haven't seen her in a very long time. Yeah. And she looks as stunning as ever. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, she, first of all, she wore... Where's they, she been? Has she been working on a big trial? She works. Big, I mean, she's out there helping, you know, yes. all of the... Um, doing important things. Doing very important things. Mm-hmm. I mean, she really is. Um, she is a lawyer for a human rights. Yes. Uh, but she went out to dinner with her mother in kind of a lingerie inspired dress that she could carry off beautifully. Yeah. I wouldn't try it. Uh, red sleeveless. Um, it, the top is supposed to be sheer, but you can't see through it. And the skirt is actually like ruched all over. It looks like shredded almost. And then has these red ribbons that are just kind out. of hanging well, on the side. It's almost a lingerie look oh. that it could be, you know, like if you had, um, it's supposed to look like George just like pulled one of the ends as she was walking out the door oh, and I she just left that, it half but, undone. You know, well, I suppose yeah. maybe that is it. But the day before she was out at night in a sequined blouse with a a cropped black blazer and blue jeans mm-hmm. that were with raw hems. So, okay. I mean, she and a metallic pump. I mean, she really, she knows how to do it. She, I mean, she just looks good in whatever so, she but puts what together. We, we know this is intentional because obviously it's possible to not be photographed when you don't want to. What's well, going, going on? out of Why a hotel she... door, do you really think it's possible? Well, we haven't seen her and now all of a sudden. Well, I think blitz. she's been in the office. Okay. What can I say? <laughs>
We'll be back to take your questions and more after this break. Don't go away. Another hour of Shop Girls after this.